welcome back to the digital health and wearables series today i have another magnificent episode and guest leader for you but before i go ahead let me uh, remind you to subscribe to the channel and check all the previous great content there and this week great it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to jan beggar is the senior director digital ecosystem at g healthcare yeah and how are you i'm very good thanks a lot for having me joao oh brilliant i mean thanks for accepting the invite i've been following your uh, great work and you're very active now in a digital health space so today we are here to discuss the topic health systems and digital health and the first question that i have for you is what are the key considerations for successful adoption and implementation of digital health tools? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great question to start with, Joe. Look, when we think about digital health, there are great ideas out there, great innovations, but when it comes to adoption, right, there are additional, several additional hurdles to tackle. But before I get started uh, answering your question, let me just say a few words about, right, digital health and healthcare in general. I think. When we think about the digital transformation as healthcare overall, um, right, and you know this very well, we are late compared to other industries, right? Years behind other industries. And there are several different reasons for this. And one of them is just the fact that healthcare is very complex, complicated industry, but also a very fascinating one, right? Um, there's a lot of uh, good stuff happening here, but it's highly regulated. At the end of the day, it's about health about patients and everything what we implement into healthcare settings that impacts the work of healthcare professionals that impacts outcomes to patients need to be validated tools and capabilities so this is something very important and this is why things are usually a bit slower here i mean look i'm with uh, g healthcare and we have uh, years long experience um, in deploying digital health tools deploying health it systems and innovations also to large healthcare provider in, uh, institutions. And coming to your question, uh, I would say um, what we have seen the last couple of years is really a growth of digital health tools and capabilities that can really significantly improve the delivery or, uh, of, of health services. Uh, and, and this has really massively grown. And on the flip side to this, we, we also see that uh, the the real usage the adoption of those tools especially like in, in large complex health systems uh, remains comparatively limited um because the the adoption of of those technologies uh, at an enterprise level is really uh, so, something quite challenging and there are multiple uh, dimensions from my perspective along which clinically validated uh, digital health tools should uh, be examined by health systems prior to selection and adoption and let me talk a little bit about this if uh, if you want i mean first and i think this is something we'll we'll talk a bit later as well is um what is actually the the optimal uh, product selection approach um because digital health tools can uh, be built in a number of different ways and i will talk about this a little bit uh, later the second is um is there a clear uh, demonstration of return of investment yeah and uh, when we think about ROI uh, in health systems, uh, there are a number of different factors uh, in, in which this is driven, and it should be clear which factor uh, the tool really addresses. Uh, for example, in considering uh, the, the financial value of the tool, it is important to measure how uh, much the tool costs to acquire, of course, 
but also maintenance need to be taken into account and also who will who will pay for this right and especially in the large complex system this is something to be clarified as quickly as possible uh, another important point uh, right beside like the financial roi is like the the clinical value a clear demonstration of of clinical uh, value um and here also because i mean there are a number of uh, of clinical dimensions uh, along which to evaluate uh, a digital health tool uh, and, and, and those values and risks as well. And identifying a meaningful, clear um, outcome metric that would be uh, improved by the adoption of the tool uh, in the short term is uh, essential from my standpoint when considering um, uh, a digital health uh, yeah, capability. More to this, uh, right? When we think about adoption, when we think about implementation, uh, it's all, always relevant. Um, what what data assets are required uh, for for the for the new tool to to function properly and of course um, those digital health tools are typically informed by a variety of different data sources usually um, and we need to make sure we have access to those data sources um, be it like ehr be it uh, administrative systems uh, billing systems and so on and so forth and we have to make sure that uh, this new tool has access uh, to the appropriate stream of data uh, at the appro appropriate uh, interval as well, right? Meaning real time on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis to properly and fully function. Um, in addition to this, right, when it comes to uh, other uh, factors that need to be considered when you think about adoption, uh, one important uh, aspect when you think change management is always and also from a g healthcare uh, experience is always having an internal champion yeah this is from my standpoint truly important that you have uh, such an internal uh, stakeholder on the health uh, institution health system side right someone who is really interested and keen to understand and learn about a new tool who supports you to deploy it um, who motivates others right in his organization or her organization to to test it out, try it out and use it. This is something critically important. Uh, and then also when you think change management, one thing that uh, you always need to uh, be aware of, right? And, and be laser focused on is as well, who is actually the like executive sponsor, right? And there are two different types of uh, sponsors from our experience. Usually one is of course, um, right? When it comes to digital and IT, the like, what is the organization's digital strategy or IT strategy? And um, how does it fit into the existing and evolving IT ecosystem of a, of a health system? And the second, of course, is what is the uh, healthcare's like overall um, healthcare delivery strategy? So the clinical strategy. And for those two areas, uh, informatics, IT and, and clinical healthcare, you need to make sure that uh, you have the right let's say, level of executive sponsors um, supporting you. And in addition to this, and I, I uh, slowly come to an end to answer your question, I know it's it's a bit of a, a, a lengthy answer, but uh, what we also uh, need to take into account besides sponsorship is also how does uh, the tool, the capabilities your product provides, how does it fit into the overall, let's say, institutional priorities? Yeah. Um, along with what I said earlier, return of investment, thoughts, clinical value, and so on. Um, and then maybe one last point before I stop is uh, 
What you also need to consider when thinking about adoption of tools is uh, how much effort is it? And, and what are the resources required to implement right, your new tool? Um, because it's not enough to select one, you also need to have like the, the power, the, the, the manpower, the capacity and bandwidth to actually um, deploy and implement it. Um, and when you have done all those things, there is one important thing uh, that uh, oftentimes, uh, right, you start thinking about this at the point of, uh, right, when you have done your implementation, but you should start thinking about this much earlier. And this is what is like the long-term operational home for your tool, right? Is it, does it belong more like to the IT department, to the clinical side? If so, to which specific department uh, or care area? Right. Make sure that uh, you work uh, at day one already with those people who are responsible and kind of maintaining hosting your tool um, in, in the longer term. And maybe, um, Joe, I, I know it was a long one. Uh, I stop here for now. No, that's brilliant. Jan, it's a long answer, but it was a magnificent answer. Thank you for this brilliant overview. You mentioned so many important aspects. It's not just going implementing technology from yeah, change not. management to advocacy to understanding what you're actually trying to achieve in other words you mentioned and also I, i'm initiating uh, conversations with very large health systems in us and um it's always a challenge to kind of prove the return on investment on any technology because it's like it's a bit of a catch-22 if you mm -hmm. don't implement you don't try things out you can't really uh, get the gouge if actually is going to be impactful or not because many organizations as you know are at starting point we've been talking about digital health for a long time but they are a starting point so what you gave was a very uh, comprehensive picture of the overarch digital transformation strategy considering from it to operations to strategy so Thank you for thank you so much for this amazing amazing answer. Yeah. Moving on, uh, the second question is: Can you share some best practices and main challenges encountered too? Yeah, I mean, and and maybe here this is a good point to talk a little bit about more uh, of the like early stage, right, close to market ready uh, type of digital health innovators. I mean, Joe, you know very well that, um, and it's it's still an interesting number. Um, and a sad one as well, that statistically 96% uh, of healthcare innovations actually fail. Mm. And uh, one reason why this happens is the fact that um, there is a knowledge gap between industry innovators and, and those being on the front line of healthcare uh, each and every day. Yeah? Um, I mean, healthcare is uh, like an ever-evolving industry. And in order to gain competitive uh, like edge, um, it's important for companies to innovate continuously and engage with experts in the industry. Um, other data shows also, for example, that um, clinicians are often frustrated with innovators and, uh, and institutions uh, that uh, uh, yeah, believe that those innovators, those technologists, developers, engineers, data scientists do not understand well enough the problems they want to address. Yeah? So I'm talking about this gap between tech and innovators and, and healthcare delivery, actually. Um, and often what we hear is that clinicians believe that investments in the healthcare sector are not aligned with uh, the needs of, uh, of, of, of current healthcare professionals. Essentially, 
um, clinicians want to be part of those conversations that decide what types of innovations are going to be most uh, useful for the healthcare sector. Um, and they feel that they are not part of those uh, conversations nowadays. Um, look, what I'm trying to say is here, we need to make sure as an industry, right, as a digital health startup, for example, that you um, get in touch as early as possible and with many as possible healthcare professionals, right? Don't focus, I don't know, if you develop a tool that uh, solves a problem in cardiology, make sure you not only talk to a cardiologist, right? For sure, talk to multiple from across different markets, institutions, countries. Talk to nurses, right? Talk to um, other people in the healthcare space to get really a broad perspective and not just like single uh, individual um, standpoints. That's important. Right. Another point to your to your question is um, what we also see a lot, uh, right? When we talk about healthcare uh, innovation, is that in startups a lot use the term disruption um right and disruption means actually like shaking up the status quo and replacing it with something better or more innovative um clinicians usually view disruption as something negative now i don't want i mean nobody wants to disrupt patient care right we want to improve it we want i don't know even reinvent it make it better um, get to better outcomes but we don't want to disrupt health so, right, this is maybe something as well when you uh, build your talk track, when you build your value proposition, think about the term disruption. Um, and yeah, I think uh, what we also need to think about is that really clinicians feel part of solutions, right? So as I said earlier, make sure you connect those two worlds. This is also what we, for example, at G Healthcare do a lot in our open innovation programs, connecting uh, those technical domains, data science, software development, bring them together closely with those who deliver healthcare day in and day out. Mm, well, brilliant and fantastic points. I mean, we hear a lot about the importance of involving different stakeholders. Now there is a big push, as you know, in the industry for patient voice and including the right people. And I, I've been guilty of, I was a startup founder of doing the common mistake that you just described in other words is like let's build a product and see where it fits so yeah what you mentioned is actually um uh, really critical about the digital health ecosystem and the startups involving as many people as they can from from the outset from the beginning instead of going to a later stage and actually find out which is very costly and sometimes fatal that um, it doesn't work out or actually you make an assumption, build a product that we're going to sell to an insurer or an hospital and is not as straightforward as that. And unfortunately, is a very high rate of um, failure for one reason or another. You mentioned on the first question, healthcare is very complicated. It's not like other industries that you show a return on investment is a quick sale and is a direct benefit is 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 much complex and uh, i would play a bit of uh, a devil's advocate in here and is harder as ever because now we have the big tech uh, the big uh, uh, tech players involved without mentioning any names they naturally shrinking the market for startups because they're getting a market quota with their uh, technologies with their uh, cloud solutions with their own innovations and products and solutions. So 
it's I think the environment I'm sorry to say but is uh, more uh, difficult than ever for startups to succeed um, I'm sure you, you agree with that and you have a, a clear uh, uh, foot on the ground and seeing the startups evolving and everything and moving on to the third and last question uh, the question is what is the optimal product selection approach that we talk about digital mm-hmm. goals before you mentioned you mentioned before yeah i mean maybe just to your comment uh, joel before i answer your question i think uh right uh big tech companies right of course make the market make the environment more uh more challenging as everywhere right across the board uh beside healthcare but i think they also provide tremendous um value to startup ecosystem by providing like the technology let's say uh fundament mm-hmm. right to make uh, digital health really flourish and happen right i just mentioned cloud as one example here i mean look coming back to your question um what is like the optimal product selection ap- approach i mean first of all um depending on the let's say the needs or the constraints or, or characteristics of a healthcare uh, provider institution it may be best to purchase of course a complete uh, new product right another option could be configure an existing tool right in a way that it, it works for your new need or what we also see more and more actually especially in like large academic university type of sites is building your own digital health tool internally in-house yeah so I would recommend actually um, in, investigating uh, the viability of uh, like the following possibilities. First, does um, one of your current vendors right have a solution for your problem? Right? One, I mean, like the EHR, EMR vendor, do they have uh, already something or any kind of other system and vendor you work with already? Because if this is the case, there is already a relationship in place, uh, which eventually simplifies, I don't know, procurement, implementation and support. Um, the, the, the relevant uh, question here is, uh, are they responsive enough in terms of further developing the tool, right, that you uh, want to uh, wanna use uh, going forward based on your changing needs? What we've seen often is that those large EHR vendors a bit slow to adopt new capabilities and technologies but uh, if this works for you so I would recommend look into an existing vendor you work with another uh, option I would uh, recommend uh, exploring is um, is there actually a a vendor um, you have good experience with who is willing to co-develop co-create yeah because then the development uh, can be tailored to your institutional uh, needs and adoption requirements, and maybe the the pace of development, uh, right, until let's say implementation uh, may be faster. But when you do this, especially with more early stage vendors, there there may be a risk that this vendor does not longer exist after some time post development and 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 post implementation, of course. A third option is actually, um, is there another like external validated, right, proven solution already uh, in the market, uh, which maybe uh, even have a track record with other institutions or health systems? Um, Right, something to explore. The question here would be, um, is there like customization interest, update frequency, responsiveness? 
does this fit to uh, what, what you have in mind, right? And how you want to cooperate. And last but not least, I would say, um, right? And I mentioned this earlier, uh, if you have the bandwidth and capacity and the know-how, uh, is it something to explore if you can build this tool you need as a uh, healthcare provider institution? Is it something you better um, put together in-house? Yeah, because then the tool uh, maybe built uh, as a, I don't know, for example, as a configuration of an EHR or another in-use digital health product already, um, or you, you build it completely from scratch and developers may be uh, more familiar with your, uh, let's say, workflows with your uh, user needs uh, and your overall organization. And um, when you do this, I think you then also have uh, the flexibility and uh, can yeah, further develop and update your tool uh, as your uh, needs and requirements evolve. But of course, as I said earlier, we see a lot of institutions uh, lacking just this capacity and expertise to build in-house uh, and, and those need really external partners. Brilliant. Yeah, and thank you so much for these amazing uh, points, important and very valid things to consider from co-creation to find solutions that already have like a pedigree in the market. They've done things with other institutions. These are actually uh, very valuable uh, points and steps. Thank you so much. We could talk for hours about digital health. We could create mm -hmm. more questions and, and talk all day about this amazing subject. It's a passion of mine and, and, and of yours too. And Ian, I appreciate your time. We're coming to the end of the interview. I'm not sure if you've seen the other episodes. I'll finish all my episodes with them. A peculiar question is not really a question as such. It's called one minute of fame. You can mention anything, personal achievements, your professional yep. career. You can mention any projects at GE Healthcare. You're doing your startup innovation thing. I mean, anything whatsoever to you to round up. One minute of fame over to you. Thank you very much. And look, actually, Joe, I have a call to action to your audience. Um, what we see in the healthcare space is that there is incredible talent, right? I think about, right, in digital health, there are fantastic data scientists, developers, engineers um, we have in our industry. But I also feel like uh, there is more great talent out there in other industries, right? I Sometimes I feel like the, mo the most or the best, the world-class data scientists, for whatever reason, work in gaming. So. My call to action to your audience would be whenever you speak to data scientists, developers, engineers that work in other industries, empower and engage them to join us in healthcare, right? Because what we do here has an impact. When I think about digital health, I mean, I wake up every morning and I feel like I do something for thousands or sometimes even millions of people. So there is a real purpose. We can really make an impact to our own health, to the health of our families and, 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 and friends. And therefore, right, help me in this uh, approach to grab data scientists, engineers from other industries and bring them into our exciting space. Brilliant. Yeah, and that's a fantastic way to finish, a fantastic call to action. Well, let me, well, congratulate you on your work. Also, thank you so much for sharing your expertise, these amazing insights, very valuable learning things for the, for the audience. Um, and, and thank you so much for, for being in here. And I'm, I'm going to round up now. Thank you, Jan. Thanks for having me. Uh, to all our viewers and listeners, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Also, I'm going to post Jan's social media in here. Connect with him on LinkedIn and also on Twitter. He's very active. 
ask him questions about the industry, about G Healthcare, anything that you find appropriate. And I'll see you all next week.